0: read me romance read read me romance read me romance read read me romance you could take a look in a book that's fine or you could sit back relax and unwind and read me romance read read me romance wicked dance by olivia booth is now live at 99 cents sexy emotional heart-stopping billionaire romance fans of sylvia day and lauren Blakely will love this hot and compelling contemporary romance My life was perfectly uneventful. Then he showed up, and now my life is all levels of screwed up. I'd sworn off men, but a set of shimmery olive green eyes made me forget all of my promises. It's a one-way trip down a rabbit hole of seduction, and I'm diving in headfirst. Former dance student Sarah Hart had aspired to grace the stage on Broadway, but a reckless decision forced her to renounce that dream. Years later, while struggling with an ungratifying job and an even more unsatisfying love life, she literally stumbles upon a dangerously sexy stranger who sends her heart and her body into hyperdrive. His touch makes her feel alive again and sparks a desire to rebuild her dance career. But Sarah is still haunted by the demons of her past. One dark lie could cost her everything. Real estate mogul Tom Wright caters to the rich and famous. He lives the life of the perfect bachelor, partying hard and dating the most beautiful woman in Manhattan, but he has one golden rule, no commitments ever. Then he meets sexy Sarah Hart, and something about her makes him want to throw the damn rule book out the window. Every time he's near, the blood in his veins pulses with a raging fire he can't contain. But Tom's shadow history is resurfacing, unearthing ghosts he'd rather remain buried. Will this wicked dance be their last? That's Wicked Dance by Olivia Booth. Grab it now for 99 cents and an audio.
1: Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, we're here
0: again with Olivia Booth this week. We have got the second half of her audiobook teaser of Wicked Embrace. And we're gonna talk about that in just a little bit. So before then though, there was a little, there was a few waves in Romance Landia this week. And <laughs> that isn't that what they call the romance world over on Twitter. I think they call Something it...
1: Something like Romance Land or... Romance
0: Landia, Romance Land. I don't know. You know, it's it's interesting to me that I, I normally have to ask you because I don't know what the fuck is going on. And that's not because... I just think I don't, maybe I just don't follow enough people on Facebook or because I feel like the drama is usually on You're Facebook. You're more on
1: Instagram and it's yes. hard to see some of that stuff on Instagram, but I, on Facebook yeah. it's like popping, popping, popping. Yes.
0: I will, I would definitely say I'm like on my personal Facebook page, I don't know that I follow any authors on my personal one cause it's and just my family.
1: Alexa's personal so I'm always you and always see tell, it I'm never generally on my own
0: yeah yeah you're always I'm either I'm when I'm on Facebook I'm on read me romance and when you're on Facebook you're on Alexa so we really are seeing like two different sides of the same coin so yeah I happened to see an author posted on Instagram in her stories she said something about there was a certain author who was accused of plagiarism and I sent it to you and I was like what the hell is this what happened and I think you sent me like a link or something. So, so there was an author and she's pretty established. She's been around for, for a long time and she was accused of plagiarizing. A, was it a whole chapter or was it a section in chapter?
1: It was, it was a few, she- a few sections. <clears throat> okay. Like, throughout or the or book. Paragraphs throughout the book. Not Solid like paragraphs. Pages though. and pages. Yes. Like with just like one or two words changed, but like source word stage yeah 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 so but I think what happens is is this is my best guess okay is that people hire ghostwriters and mm-hmm. when you do something like that you run the risk of you don't know who you're hiring especially if it's online of them going out and copying somebody else's work yeah and then you know It finds out. Readers, we have these weird minds that we remember, the weirdest things. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It just kind of sticks in our mind. So if you read something, a reader is most likely going to pick it up.
0: It was like one of the words that was highlighted was duped. And I was like, that's such an odd word to search for in a book, but it was like, that was
1: the, and the so exact was word. And so was the word it. kryptonite.
0: Yes. Yeah. It was like, mm. I guess that was very similar to what they'd used. But so this established author was accused of this by an author who maybe hasn't been around as long, or has, if, if they've been around as long, is not as prolific. And so that's why this other, you know, younger seasoned author had, was very upset. She was like, why are you going to take from me? You know, you're huge. You have a huge audience, a huge fan base. Like you're already established. Why would you steal from little me? Who's trying to bust into this? You know, she even said, she was like, I can't, what another author I saw posted that is again, very small, only a couple books, like breaking out. She said, I can't get bloggers to read my books." Because they, I'm not an established author. They don't know who I am. They don't know if they can trust my books. And she was like, I'm having a really hard time getting my foot in the door. And she was like, and this shit just puts me a step back. Because now it's like, well, is it plagiarized? Because unless you have this memory that remembers everything, you know, you're not going to know.
1: I mean, it, this isn't the first time this has happened. No. This has happened to an even bigger no. author before. And I truly believe a lot of it is ghostwriting. Yeah. Authors just get so overwhelmed or they get burnt out. They're not producing Mm -hmm. words. And you can go online and hire people, give them an outline, and they would write it. But I would never do it because this is exactly what can happen if you do that.
0: That's absolutely right. You know, especially if you don't know the person that's, but that, and and this is the thing, there is nothing wrong with ghostwriting. That is absolutely a legitimate source of money. Like, it is a real job that makes real income, and it's a reputable business. There are people, though, who will scam the system, as in, in, in any industry. Any. Yeah. Yeah. So there are people who will, you know, plagiarize to make a quick buck and change their name and get a new email address. And and it's not a big deal to them. But, you know, there are established authors who ghostwrite for other authors who do this. And like I said, it's a totally reputable business. Yeah, I think it might be... Um, it might be difficult. I don't know though, because I mean, you and I are like, we're we're almost seven years into publishing and we've written over 150 books. And I don't know that I could, I don't know that I'm in a position yet to write, to hire a ghostwriter. I just don't think I could.
1: I I get, I couldn't do it. I know I couldn't because I can't even like, if I say I love a book, yeah. I have. I'll never say that unless I read it Yeah, and I love it. Like I couldn't I'm like that's I'm putting myself on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Really it's
1: your picky name on about that. that. hmm So and I uh, just don't think I could and you know, then I would end up going through it and changing so much that I might as well have just wrote it.
0: Yeah, true, true. Now we have co written books before, which I see people do all the time where it's like two author like um what is it, the the um, is it Rochelle that co-writes? Like she has the the two mm-hmm. names are on the Fiona right?
1: Davenport. Yeah.
0: So, but like they'll her and L is that right? Well, they'll they'll put like both their names on the covers too, though.
1: Sometimes, but, yeah. Sometimes they just call themselves Fiona Davenport. Yeah.
0: But there's like we wrote with Jessica Kane. Like we had our books, for example. You know, like co- there were there are authors who will write together, and you don't ever know what percentage one author writes more than the other. I mean, technically, someone. I mean, if you co-wrote. With someone else, technically they could write the entire book and you just put your name on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's a possibility too. But you know, this instance, you know that that popped up. I just wanted to talk about it a little bit because I have, I do have sympathy for everybody in this situation. Weirdly, even the person that that maybe maybe I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. You know, I don't. I have been accused of plagiarizing, so I'll say that to say. I've never done that. I've never been in a position to do that. And I wouldn't want somebody to be falsely accused like I was because that was fucking awful. So, you know, to have someone say that about you, I would, I would like to hope that the author that's accused of this, that maybe it was a ghostwriter that you like, you assume like maybe that was the situation. And it just
1: sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's around. what I mean. Like,
0: I have sympathy for everybody in this situation because I would and, like then, to hope that
1: the apol the first apology that came wasn't really an apology. True,
0: true. Yeah.
1: So that's kind of like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then again, <laughs> do you really think you're?
0: What, what if you're not guilty? You know, this like is what is she guilty? Yeah, I mean, she is, definitely, is guilty. I mean, there is there's clear evidence to this too, and I don't stand in support of of this author that has done this. But I just look at it like maybe def- she's defensive.
1: Like, I'm just, you know I, what I mean? Like, I'm I to process that, somebody that. that as somebody that's been attacked online, yeah. it's, we. I know what it's like for everybody to come at you. And it mm-hmm. is a very paralyzing, scary feeling. Even though it's all in the computer, it is yeah. very toxic and consuming mm-hmm. yeah. and it's in no place I want to. Anybody to ever be.
0: Yeah. You're right. Paralyzing is a perfect word to, uh, to use for it because it is like frozen fear yeah. of just like, holy fuck, they're all coming at me at one time.
1: So I I know that this girl is 100% beyond miserable in this moment. And that yeah. sucks. I don't yeah. want that for anybody. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah. But you can't fucking steal people's work.
0: (laughs) Like, you know, and that's the thing is, like, if she hired a ghostwriter and didn't know it, that's still on her. You know, that's what sucks about It's like that's still on her. But, and you know, and somebody else, I think somebody said this wasn't the only instance that this had happened, that they were able to pull Uh. other books. I don't know, though. I haven't had that confirmed yet. So, maybe I shouldn't I have, have even said th- that at all. I kind but. of
1: jumped back out of it. I, was like, oh, I yes. did, too. Like,
0: I think it was on, like, one of the, the comments that someone else had shared. Like, they were like, well, Twitter's all over it. They they discovered this and this. And I was just like, I can't be a part of this conversation. Uh, <laughs> it hurts so much to read it. But, you know, yeah. that that's the thing, too, is, like, there's, you know, there's people who are just keyboard warriors that are just waiting for you to fuck up. I think I yeah. even told you that one time, like the the whole purpose of twitter is you know the whole the whole meaning behind it is every day there's a new just there's a new star and the goal is to not be it and so you know like that's that's how twitter operates you know there's a new main character every day and your goal is to not be the main character and as someone who has been the main character it's fucking awful <laughs> so yeah like I said, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, and if this person, you know, if she did this and she stole, you know, words from somebody else, that's that's awful. That sucks. Because this
1: person, like you said, is a little bit smaller, and they're yeah. trying, you know, they're pouring everything into their work, mm-hmm. and then to they're see probably it lifted, I'm sure it's just like disheartening, like because I think this one might have sold more or whatever. That would be like, what the hell? Yeah. I had, Remember, I had a book that I loved that was, mm-hmm. the whole thing was stolen. Oh, my God. That was, was awful. Like, so, and I promoted that book so much. That was, the, okay, the so to back up, up a little stolen. bit,
0: Mel, I won't say the name of it so you don't look, go look it up, but Mel loved this book. She fucking loved, could not stop talking. Literally, everybody she saw on the street, she would stop and tell about this book, and then come to find out... This was months later.
1: Almost a year later. It was so long after. I tried after. to find the author. I was like, oh, why isn't this author? I can't find him. Anyway, I want to reach out to him. I want to talk to him. I want to see if there's Yeah, are you going to write all?
0: another book? Like, yeah, what's what's going on? And it was like... So, it wasn't just some plagiarism. It was like she... So, this the original of person... was Wattpad. Yeah, it was Wattpad. The original person wrote this story on Wattpad. Somebody else took the story, stole the whole thing... And and then wrote more with it, added to it, but published it, and it did fucking awesome. Like, it blew up. I wouldn't shut up about it. Because Mel would not stop talking about how much she loved this book, and so then come to find out, yeah, like, a year later, the original author was like, no, That's this my is book. my book. Yeah, and it was, oh, it was so sad. It was oh, heartbreaking.
1: So
0: I know. I sucked. I felt terrible.
1: I was like, oh my
0: god. I know, I know, but I mean, that's the thing. It's like nobody knew. And the people who have promoted, you know, in in this most recent instance, the bigger author, you know, people have been promoting this book all over the place, you know, and it's like all of a sudden you have to backstep and be like, fuck, you know, but it's just, it just really sucks. Like it's such a shitty situation. And, you know, if you're not following like a lot of romance authors and stuff, you may have never even known this happened like yeah. I wouldn't have known this happened had I not seen that one thing but then I started to see several more after that and I was like oh clearly this is bigger than my little circle I'm in so but you know like I said I, I saw a couple a couple of posts about it about here we go again it's 2021 and there's another shit show for Romance Landia because there's already been one other one this year which I don't even know was it another like plagiarism Something, somebody said, I think it was like the second time it had happened this year already.
1: Was oh, I don't like, know. I Sometimes like, I even messed up.
0: I know. I was like, what? How does this keep happening? But, you know, and they said, they were like, you know, if Amazon was more diligent about if you uploaded your book and it did like that quick scan that everybody has to upload to universities when you upload a <laughs> yes. paper. Like, why doesn't Amazon require that? Everybody why would an to author do, do
1: that who did hired a ghostwriter, that would have popped up. I don't know, though,
0: if, like, you changed enough words, it wouldn't come up, would it? Like, if you changed just, like, a few words, maybe it wouldn't have pulled up whole sections, but yeah. I mean, if you hired a ghostwriter, I think the most logical thing to do would be... Just run it through a scanner. Like run it through one of those. I still wouldn't
1: trust that I'm scared.
0: (laughs) No, I know. I wouldn't either. Because like I said, if you changed a couple of words, it may not pop up, you know? Or not enough. But, you know, I do believe like Amazon should do something like that. What what does it hurt? You know, what what it might take an extra step in loading books, but I kind of feel like what does it hurt to do that? So I don't know. That was just some some drama that went on this week, and I kind of wanted to talk about it because I just, like, I don't know. I wonder how does it feel to not be an author in a situation like this? How do you feel as a reader? You know, like, do you you feel icky about, you know, buying books now? Do you second-guess authors? Like, it would make me question people, you know? Yeah. Just know we've never done it.
1: (laughs) I had drama over the weekend. I was actually, I felt like a Karen, but at the same time, I was kind of proud of myself. Because I'm the person that, like, if I get the wrong order, I don't say anything. If the server is shitty to me, I'm like, they're probably having a bad day. Yeah, yeah. I don't ever complain. I'm just like, it is what it is. Even if I don't get all my order on to go, I'm just like, forget it, fine, whatever. I'm Maybe that way too. yeah. So... I ordered these wings or whatever. My husband was like, can you get these wings for me? And I was like, sure, because Super Bowl. Oh, last. yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I order these wings. He gives me this. I go on Facebook, see their menu. I make the order and I go down and pick them up. There's this huge line and it is like five degrees outside, negative wind chill of like 15. And you can't go in because COVID. Yeah. Only so many people can be in the building. And I'm. they're like, it's an hour behind. I'm like, we're supposed to stand out here for an hour? And I was like, I called. And I was like, I just want to cancel. They're like, no cancels. We said that on the website. I was like, no, but I didn't go to your website. He's like, no, you can't cancel. It said it on the website. I was like, I didn't go to your website. And he hangs up on me. What the fuck? Are you serious? Yeah. And I'm like, I did not think that. How did you you place the order? Did you call it in? I called it in. Okay. Okay. And then so I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do? And now he won't answer. It keeps going to voicemail. So I was Mm -hmm. trying to call back. And so I go back. I was like, maybe I'll just go back and pick up my order. So I go back, and it's still just as long, maybe even longer. So I'm standing outside. I'm such a brat. And I'm standing there, and I can see into the kitchen. And I see the cooks cooking without mask on. So I snapped some pictures. And then I called back. I called back and it went to voicemail. And I was like, I called, you hung up on me. Um, I wouldn't have got my order anyways because I've seen people cooking without masks. If this shows up on my credit, because I took my credit card when I ordered uh, on the phone earlier. I said, if this shows up on my credit card, these are going to show up at the health department. <gasps> Melissa, you it. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. I was, And then I hung up. I was like, I can't believe I just did that. not have sent them in because i'm i don't even know where to begin to do that but i was like "Oh my god!" but it didn't show up on my credit card are you
0: serious holy fucking shit i wonder if they put masks on after that Uh, (laughs) oh my god first of all that's some bullshit
1: yeah it was like so cold outside i'm like they expect people to stay out there for an an hour? hour did they not give you a pickup time no i called and they said be here at five i was like
0: okay what the fuck they just told everybody be here at five we'll figure it out that's some fucking shit. That is some absolute bullshit. You know, we did an order um a couple of weeks ago. We did it for a local pizza place. Did not talk about this that they weren't wearing their masks and stuff? I can't remember if I told you or not. But no, like I called in the order and my husband was running late from work and I was like, well, "Why don't you go by and pick up dinner on your way home since you're already out?" And he's like, "Yeah, no problem." So he goes there and he calls me or he texts me and he's like. I'm standing here with a mask on and I'm the only person in this restaurant with a mask on. He was like, not the servers, not the cashiers, not the cooks. He was like, I can see everybody and nobody's wearing one. I said, just walk out. I'll call and cancel it. And so I called and, um, I said, Hey, I said, I ordered some pizzas. I just want to cancel it. And she was like, okay, hold on. And she comes back on a minute later and she's like, can I ask you why you're canceling your order? I said, yeah. So my husband said that nobody in there is wearing a mask. I said, I said, if you can't follow state guidelines, we can't eat at your restaurant. And she goes, thanks and slams the phone down and i was just like i don't know what the fuck you want me to do this is like state mandated i don't know i'm just trying to
1: follow the rules i'm like i'm already like trapped in my house doing quarantine i'm like come on i can't do this for a pizza (sighs) do
0: you know i have friends that own a restaurant here and um and I love that they're like really diligent about that. About everybody has to wear mask. The tables have to be separated. You can't have so many people. And, and there was a point where, um, I was talking to my friend and her husband that owned the restaurant. And he said, you know, none of, he was like, there's several restaurants in town who don't abide by this and we don't eat there. And he's like, you know, he's, I keep thinking about like, he was like, yeah, we could open the restaurant and make more money. He was like, but I know that people come to our restaurant because they feel safe. And that is a hundred percent why I go there and eat. And, um, and they're just there. It's called 200 North restaurant in case anybody's around here listening, (laughs) but, um, but they're so awesome. Like, they're so good about that. And it does make me feel safe. That's a business I want to support. You that's know? even
1: why I've been going to one grocery store that's in the city. I have to travel in because mm-hmm. they've got, like, air machines. I know all their stuff being cooked back. They were, mm-hmm. like, on top of things before it even got mandated. Yeah. So I feel yeah. so safe in there getting their prepackaged anything. And I have yeah. I go there twice a week. And mm-hmm. that's the only place I go.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've started doing, like, the, Rochelle had told me about Instacart, and once I discovered them, I was like, well, I'm never going to the grocery store again, like, <laughs> e- even post-pandemic, I'm never doing this shit again. I
1: still have to go to the grocery, it's the one time I get out of the house.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, I've gotta go. I'll go pick go them up, go. I got, I'll got. i go pick up groceries, <laughs> that's it, I just pull through the drive through, and I'm like,
1: thanks. <sighs> I actually, I did want to mention a book I read. Oh, I shit. I have that books. on here. I have that on my list to ask you what you're reading. I'm sorry. Good. Okay. I read a cute little book. I think it's also in a whole series. It's called the Sweetheart Colorado series. I'm going to pick up the other books, but I just jumped in and I picked up B-Card, obviously because of the name. Yes. B-Card, Sweetheart. And it was just, it's on Kindle Unlimited. It was 99 cents, too, if you don't have Kindle Unlimited. It was just, I think it's my favorite hope for book I've ever read.
2: Really? It's just
1: about, yeah, a girl who works in a diner and this guy that owns a trucking company comes through and he starts falling for her. And she thinks he, does, she does, he doesn't like her. And he's slowly actually moving his life to come there. But he doesn't want to say something too soon. So it's like, it's just a really cute, happy, upbeat read. I think I read it in like an hour and a half. And Aww. I've just really enjoyed it. I
2: love and What's the
1: name of it again? Be Card Sweetheart. It's by Hope Ford. Okay. Yeah. I love it. That was really cute. It'll be in the show notes. And then I also read a book called Finding You Again by Reese Hart, which was a second chance romance, which is a really hard one for me, but it was yes. in a small town. I, was I guess going was it series... safe? <laughs> yes, it was safe. So like he ups and leaves out of nowhere, which you'll find out the reason, but he comes back and they just have this chemistry and there's not like this huge pool and fight back and forth. And it was just really sweet. And it had all the things that I need in a second chance romance to keep me, like, stay like, they haven't been with other people yeah, and stuff like that. So that was another really cute one. I'm going to put them both in the show notes. So if you're looking for something quick, fun, those two are great. Here's another
0: one, too. And I think it's in the maybe that same series because I shared it today. Jenica Snow has a new one out. It's called Tattooed. I got that one. Did That's you use a tattooed next. sweetheart? Okay, yes, I saw that Yes, I read, like, one. the
1: first page, like, before we came in here. I was
0: like, okay, I want to read this one. <laughs> okay, so there's that one. So write it down so you don't forget the Jenica Snow one, okay. Tattooed Sweetheart. And then there's a new one by Kerrigan Byrne and I'm so excited that came out today. It's called Dancing with Danger. So... I know. So that came out today too. There's a new one, Jessica Claire. You know, I loved her her the Christmas cowboy. cowboy. Yeah, it was her Christmas cowboy. Hang on. Let me look it up real quick. She has a new one out in that series because you said the Colorado, you said something about her and I was like, oh yeah, that was out. Okay. So this one is, I think it's like her Colorado Wyoming cowboy series. I was so off. Oh my God. It's in that series and it's the newest one she has out. It is, the like I said, the one I loved was called Her Christmas Cowboy. And this is the next one in the series. If you read Her Christmas Cowboy, we actually did a book club on it. It was, it's about the girl that's the accountant, and it's called Her Bachelor Cowboy. And so, but the the book, this is book six, but that can be read in any order. It's in audio and Kindle and, and all that good stuff. So, so make sure you go grab that one too. It's called Her Bachelor Cowboy by Jessica Clare.
1: I'll add that one to the show notes as well for you guys.
0: Yeah, so those are some good ones. There's gonna be a ton of good books out like this month. I don't know how I I seriously went from like I was like I don't really have anything to read to like just a windfall <laughs> of fucking books. But man, I'm still I'm still reeling from the redemption. I want I kind of want you to read it just so I know what you think about it. It's a longer book, but. It's just so well written and it's so fucking hot that I was like, I actually read all of the sex scenes, the entire sex scene the whole time. It's just so good. Well, All
1: right, I, should we send them in to hear some more time? Yes,
0: yes. We're going to send you into the final. It's the gonna, two chapters today. It's the audiobook teaser of Wicked Embrace by Olivia Booth. Like I said last week, you get two chapters last week, two chapters today. And then the audiobook is available if you want to go get it. It's just an audiobook teaser right now. And I'll tell you before we go ahead and go into the break, before you listen, next week we have Kay Webster with oh my a... God. I know. It's called, it's so good. It's called Step Scandal. And she's so funny. She asked me when we asked her to be on the podcast again this season, she was like, what do you you readers like? And I said, well, they love it super dirty. And we really loved her Red Hot Winter one. I said, I think everybody kind of likes, I said, we haven't had a good step romance in a while. And she was like, I'm on it. Got it. I know. So she wrote it and it is so filthy. So it's a whole, like I said, it's a full length uh, audio book you'll get next week from Kay Webster, a brand new one. So we're excited about that. So but right now we'll finish uh, finish listening to Olivia Booth. And don't forget, she has her, what's the Hold on. Eternally Yours. Sorry, I had it in my notes. Eternally Yours that's out uh, this week. So you can go grab that. And you're listening to the second book in the Chronicles of Dancing, of, of a Dancing Heart book. So this is book two you can get book one which is wicked dance but they can be stand. as and that one's
1: only 99 cents all right well we'll see you guys on the other side
2: chapter two pink tutu tom sat at the edge of his bed elbows resting on his knees hands cradling his face how long have you known he asked a few days i guess I'm never late, but since I was on the pill, I didn't give it much thought. Well, until a few days ago when I started feeling sick. He turned to me, eyes darkened. That's it then? We are having a baby. Sitting next to him on the bed, my thigh touches his. I sucked in a deep breath. I haven't taken the test yet, but there's a good chance... He continued to stare at me in silence, his face a canvas of confusion. I wasn't sure how to read him. Confusion didn't tell me if he wanted to embrace this with me or if he wanted to bolt. Plus, the wordless stare made my skin prickle with panic. Losing Tom would feel like the apocalypse. What if I had to tackle this alone? Could I raise a baby all by myself? I peered down at my hands resting on my lap. The answer to that was now irrelevant. I'd made my decision. I understand how unexpected this is and, well... I paused, trying to postpone his reaction for one more second. Who was I kidding? There was no use in delaying it any longer. The sooner I told him, the sooner this would be over. I raised my gaze and nearly lost my resolve when I met his. This time I saw his love for me reflected in those eyes and it cracked my bones to contemplate losing him forever. I dropped my chin as I shut my eyes and let out the longest breath of my life. I've decided to keep the baby. The phrase hung in the air. When he said nothing... My heart dropped into my stomach. Hands shaking, eyes brimmed with unshed tears. His silence told me everything I needed to know. If you don't want any part in it, I understand, I said, trying to sound calm, businesslike, as if my insides hadn't liquefied. I won't ask you for money or anything. I choked out, my cold, hard exterior cracking betraying the turmoil inside. Tom took my chin in his fingers and placed his lips on mine. Take the test, he whispered. And for a moment, time stood still. His kiss was warm and tender. It held hope, a promise that perhaps I wouldn't have to do this alone. Two minutes later, I came out of the bathroom holding the test stick in my hand Tom jumped to his feet, his eyes widening. So? I ran toward him, flinging myself into his chest and wrapping my arms around his neck. He squeezed me tight for a long minute before peeling me off. Sarah? I couldn't contain myself. Tears rolled down my face, but my heart beat with joy. Tom continued to stare at me with dumbfounded eyes as I placed the testic in his palm, he looked at it, then back at me. What's one red line mean? He asked. Wiping wetness from my cheeks, I cocked my head to the side, then burst into laughter. It means I'm not pregnant. We're not having a baby. Tom plopped back down on his bed, placing the test stick on his nightstand and burying his face in his hands. Not the reaction I'd expected, By now, I thought he'd be celebrating with me. Instead, he slouched on his bed like he had received horrible news. I stopped smiling and hurried to kneel in front of him. As I pried his hands from his face, my blood chilled. His gaze was haunted, mournful. Babe, what's wrong? I asked. He remained silent. Tom. Did you hear what I said? I'm not pregnant. We're not having a baby. I smiled at him, trying to reassure him I'd delivered good news, excellent news. He simply stared at me. It's good news, I said. Right? He released me from his gaze, then laid down on his bed. I followed, snuggling next to him. Tom, talk to me, What is going on? He turned toward me. Having a family. Children. It's never been in my plan, Sarah. I didn't have a good father figure. How can I be a good father to anyone? I'm so sorry. I didn't realize... Sarah. For a moment, I saw my life ending. Oh. I knew having a baby now wasn't a good idea... I mean, I had been scared as hell too, but to hear him utter those words, it confirmed my fears. Tom didn't want kids, now or ever. The ache in my heart was debilitating. If I wasn't going to lose him now, I would, without a doubt, lose him later. He must have seen the sorrow frosted over my eyes because he reached over and pushed a strand of hair behind my ear, caressing my cheek. What I meant to say was, I saw my life ending and a new one beginning. One I wanted to share with you more than anything. Those two minutes you spent in the bathroom felt like a lifetime to me. Our life flashed before me, My heart almost exploded with relief and with an overwhelming rush of love for this man. My eyes missed it over. He wiped them with his thumb, drying up all doubts I ever had of wanting to spend the rest of my life with this man. I saw her, you know, he said with a smile. A little girl with big green eyes and long dark hair, running around in a pink tutu stealing my heart. The warmth in his eyes spoke of the love he felt for a child we didn't even have. Tom, I... I didn't know how to respond. I had wanted nothing more than to not be pregnant. Yet he had seen a future with us and our daughter. It's not the right time for us. I know that, he said, interrupting my thoughts. But understand... If you'd been pregnant, I would have married you tomorrow, Sarah. And I would have given both of you the world. Forget speechless. I was without thoughts either. All I could do was bury myself in his chest where he held me in the most powerful and protective embrace I could ever dream of. I felt safe in his arms. And I knew at that moment there was no doubt that Tom was the man I was meant to be with. We didn't have sex that morning, but we did make love nonetheless. Later in the day, cell phone in hand, I updated Jen as I made my rounds around the city looking for work. If you're not knocked up, then why were you late? You said you were feeling sick, Jen said. I've been stressed about this whole unemployment thing. Maybe that's it. Maybe you should go see your doctor, you know, to make sure. I'm fine. But what if you're not? Hold that thought. I'm getting a second call. As I waited across the street, I pulled the phone from my ear to look at the caller. My chest caved. Shit. My ex's sister called me two months ago when I was in Santa Monica, but I never returned her call. Damn it. I had zero desire to talk to this woman, but she'd keep calling if I didn't answer. Trying not to end up on the hood of a taxi, I hurried to the other side of the street along with a horde of New Yorkers rushing back from their lunch break. "'Jen, it's Lisa,' I said, putting the phone back to my ear. "'Can I call you back?' "'Fine, but don't forget.' "'Okay,' I said, then clicked to receive the incoming call. "'Lisa!' Hi, I crooned with the fakest happy tone I could muster. Hey, she replied coolly. Listen, I'm sorry for not calling you back sooner. Lie, no worries, she said, the tone of her voice barely masking her annoyance with me. It's so loud over there. Sounds like you're in Times Square. Broadway, actually, I lost my job almost two months ago, so I'm running around submitting resumes. Terrible, she replied with zero concern. Look, the reason I'm calling is because I need a favor. Okay? It was a good thing she couldn't see my wincing face. I have this friend I want you to meet, she said, an air of mischief to her voice. I'm not interested in meeting anyone now. I'm seeing somebody. Oh, it's not like that. He's a... dancer. You know, like you. That caught my attention. I stopped under a scaffolding on Broadway and 19th Street near the ballet company where I had an appointment. Covering one ear with a finger so I could hear her better, I asked. A dancer? He's looking for work in the city. Like I said before, I told her. I lost my job, so I don't think there is much I can do. I can't get him an audition if that's what you're asking. Bummer. But you can still meet with him, though, can't you? What for? Talk to him. You know, give him some tips or something. Lisa, I'd love to help him, but there isn't anything useful I can do for him. Plus, I'm swamped looking for work myself. Can you at least talk to him? Please? He is new to the city and needs someone to show him around. You want me to babysit your friend? Sarah, can you do it or not? It was nearly 1pm, and if I didn't get off the phone with her, I would be late for my appointment. Resigned, I said. Doesn't sound like I have a choice, do I? Give him my cell and tell him to call me. Um, he doesn't have a phone yet. We communicate through email. But why don't I tell him when and where you could meet him? How about tomorrow? I have plans with my boyfriend this weekend. It's just for an hour. We're going to be up in Lake George. His brother is getting married this Sunday. How about Monday? She pressed. Tuesday is better. I can do five o'clock. International House of Java at Rockefeller. Super. He's going to be so stoked to see you. Who is this guy anyway? Someone I've known forever. It's going to be great. You're gonna love him. Okay, well, anyway, she interrupted. I gotta go. But thanks again. Talk to you soon. Bye. She hung up before I finished my thought. That's when I realized I didn't even know the dude's name, and that I had two minutes to run to my appointment. My day had turned into another jobless afternoon. The ballet company wasn't looking to hire any new assistants. I was going to have to change professions if I was ever going to be employed again. When I pushed through the front door of Tom's apartment, I found the place draped in shadows. As I turned the foyer lamp on, I caught sight of Tom sitting in an armchair, facing the panoramic view of the evening New York City skyline. He remained still as a statue, Tom? Still dressed in his suit and not bothering to say hi, he raised a hand. A slight flick of two fingers was his wave hello. Hmm. What's that about? Shedding my shoes and greeting Bax, his chocolate lab, I rushed into Tom's bedroom, eager to get out of my pencil skirt and blouse and happy to liberate myself from my shirt and bra. I slid into a white tank top and a pair of black yoga pants, then walked back out and toward the man in shadows. I almost tripped on the suitcase sitting on the living room rug. Whoa, you finished packing? Silence. I walked closer until I was right behind him, my hands resting on his shoulders. I rubbed them, trying to release some of the evident tension coming off his body, My bag is in the Jeep, I said. Maybe you can bring it up for me later? I have some extra things I need to add. It's empty, he replied coolly. What's empty? The suitcase. I haven't packed. I came around to face him. Is something wrong? Nothing's wrong. I'm simply not going to the wedding. Tom leaned back on his chair, spreading out his legs, I don't know why I ever agreed to go to this thing. I pulled the ottoman in front of him and sat down. You agreed to this because James is your brother and you are his best man. This is your family. He sat up straighter, arrowing his gaze into mine. That's exactly why I can't go. I haven't been home in ages. I swore I'd never go back. That was then, Tom... Things are different now. You're different. He took a deep breath as he leaned back. I don't think I'm ready to confront my ghosts. You mean your ex? He blinked, refocusing his bloodshot gaze on me. Yes, and my father's memory, my whole past. Leaning in close, I placed a palm on his cheek. But you're not alone. I'll be there with you. I can help you get through it. Tom shook his head, pulling away from my touch, unwilling to accept my reassurance. Sarah, we'd be opening up Pandora's box. The town I'm from is extremely small. I'll be running into old acquaintances, people who knew me when everything happened. I reached for his hands, drawing his tormented eyes back to me, when you were with her. I know. I get it. But that's not you anymore. You're with me now. Letting go of my hands, he brushed his fingers through his hair. They'll be questioning why I haven't been back in all these years. Are you sure you're not projecting your own thoughts of guilt about your mom? He tunneled a spiny look into me. I knew about guilt, it gave me the right to be honest and blunt. You don't need to be secretive with me, I said. I know it shames you. You think you abandoned your mother and your family, but you had your reasons. It's time to tell them the truth. He raised an eyebrow, his eyes doubtful. At my brother's wedding? Why not? Running a palm down his face, his body bristled. I'm not ready to talk about it. It took every ounce of my being to open up to you, and now you think I can do it with them? This is James's weekend, not going to make this about me. Does that mean you've changed your mind, then? He settled a curious gaze over me, his features softening. Why are you so intent on us going, anyway? Aren't you at least a bit nervous about meeting my mother? Well, of course... This weekend is not about me either. He took my hand and pulled me into his lap. I snaked an arm around his neck while he held on to me. I'm bringing a girl home, he said, nudging my nose with his. It's 100% about you. Resting my head on his shoulder, I played with his tie. You think she'll like me? She's gonna love you. Pulling on his black tie... I brought his lips closer to mine. After the emotional start to the day, followed by another fruitless job hunt, I needed his comfort. I missed you today. Hmm, is that so? He replied, his voice bouncy with roguishness, reminding me of the sparkle that lit up in his eyes when he wanted to play. Didn't we just see each other this morning? He asked. Well, I don't like spending a second without you. I leaned in for an innocent kiss, but at the feel of his hot breath on me, my insides lit up like a raging pyre. His tongue licked the seam of my lips, urging me to let him in. I obliged, allowing him to claim my mouth with his hunger. Without hesitation, I repositioned myself, straddling him, pushing myself into his body as my legs slid through the slits of his armchair. His large hands grabbed my ass and gently guided me closer to him, forcing me to graze his growing erection through his pants. My playful cat was back, and his rumbling moans vibrated on my skin as he descended his untamed mouth over my neck, sending chills down my spine and electric currents straight to my clid. Heavens. I could never get enough of this man. I was addicted to his scent, his taste. Moving over his lap, I rubbed my center over his hard cock. Ripples of pleasure spreading from my core. I see what you're doing, he said in a throaty whisper as he grabbed my ass harder, rocking my hips over his length, the friction making me wetter. I smirked. Oh yeah? And what's that? using sex to get me to forget about the wedding. Me? I replied with an innocent giggle. It's working. He uttered, his voice deeper now. All I can think about right now is me inside you, baby. In that case, I took his hands off my ass and peeled myself off his body. His eyes widened, the feral expression of desire flaming hot yet confused. Whoa, wait. Where are you going? Shush. Just stay right here. I'll be right back. He didn't reply. But the way he looked at me made me feel like he would punish me if I didn't return to his lab. I knew his kind of punishment. And it involved his tongue and his refusal to let me come until he said so. I was okay with that. The thought made me dizzy with arousal. I smirked and turned around. Sauntering over to his stereo where I cued up a sexy, jazzy tune, sauntering back toward him, I made sure our gazes lock, and with one heated look, I let him know everything I wished to do to his body. He growled, and the sound only made me hotter and more determined. I came to a stop behind his chair, and brushing my lips against his ear, I said, I think we need to release some of this tension. My voice soft. I moaned as I slid my hand over his chest and further down until I cupped his cock in my hand. I stroked him through the thin fabric, watching with ravenous eyes as he moved his hips upward, begging me to unzip him and take him in my hand. He looked so delicious under my touch. I fought to contain my appetite. I could have succumbed to him then, But tonight was about him. Tom was so accustomed to being in control, always being the one deciding what comes next. But this time, I wanted to give him the gift of letting go. Perhaps it would help him deal with the turmoil churning in his chest. Or I might fuck this up and never again have the nerve. Either way, tonight, I would be the one in the driver's seat.
3: Chapter 3. Wicked Dance. Tom. Fuck. If there was someone who knew how to blast through my defenses, it was Sarah. Her perfume scent of vanilla and spice enveloped me as she brought her lips close to my skin, her mouth tracing kisses over my neck as her hand glided up and down my cock. I was so hard I could have ripped straight through my pants, I turned toward her lips and tasted her. My haunting past fading along with the ghosts still living there, shoving aside all the torment and pain, I let her lips and hands drug me. My muscles flared with male need as my tongue swept the inside of her mouth. The warmth of her breath and the pulsing thrum of her desire shot a bullet of adrenaline straight through my heart. Sarah had no idea how madly I needed her tonight. Her body her fire, her love for me. To make me forget. To numb the sickness anchored in my gut, the debilitating addiction whose sharp claws still lay buried in my flesh. My mind flashed with the razor-edged memory of the glass of whiskey I'd poured earlier that day. It sat at the bar, untouched. It had taken every ounce of strength I possessed not to relapse. Sarah hadn't noticed, thank God. She'd think it was my PTSD, that the nightmares had returned. But the truth was, I didn't tell her how bad the pregnancy scare rattled me. I'd wanted to be strong for her, to let her know she had me no matter what. But the idea of being a father dredged up the memories of my abusive childhood. Now in less than 24 hours, I would be back there, where my life turned to shit. A mix of anxiety and anger fermented in my chest. The thought of seeing my family, of stepping foot inside that house, it completely fucked me up. But right now there was no time for any of that nonsense. This was one of the reasons I was in love with Sarah, her ability to trap me in a universe where only she and I existed, and I loved the universe she was creating for me now. I was about to invite her to sit on my lap when she suddenly pulled away from me. What the... My gaze was wild as I tracked every move she made. Sarah paraded in front of me, the sway of her hips taunting my animal instincts. My eyes feasted on the way her stretch pants hugged the curve of her ass and the lean muscles of her long legs. Shit, she had the sexiest legs I'd ever seen, and I wanted them resting on my shoulders. ''Do you want to see me dance?'' she asked, calling my attention away from her legs and my indecent thoughts. Biting her bottom lip, she looked over her shoulder, her sultry gaze twinkling with dark amusement. Do I want to see her dance? Was she fucking serious? There was nothing more beautiful. I nodded yes, my heart aching in anticipation. Sarah stood still for a moment, her chest rising and falling, her deep breaths sawing in and out in tune with the rhythm of the music she'd queued up a few minutes before. In awe, I watched the chords imbue themselves into her muscles. Her body came to life like a butterfly emerging from its cocoon, her arms outstretched as if pulled by invisible tethers, her legs carried her across my wood floors like a bird gliding through the air. As the seduction in the song rose, so did her confidence. Sarah's innocent beauty matured before my eyes, her body demanding my full attention. Eyes wide and heart racing, the pounding in my chest intensified as her delicate hands slipped into the waistband of her pants. Sarah turned to face the twinkling New York City lights, and in that same playful and fluid motion, she gyrated her hips as she lowered her pants to the floor, exposing the black, lacy thong underneath. She bent down, giving me a tantalizing view of the small of her back and her exquisitely round ass. Fuck... She looked so gorgeous, and the sight of her like that, showing herself off to me, only made me want to ravage her. As if my cock couldn't get any harder, she stepped out of her clothes and dropped to the floor in an impossible split. Shit. Her striptease artfully toyed with my imagination. With that one mischievous trick, she awoke the beast inside me. My dick throbbed at the sight of her spread legs. I was painfully engorged, desiring nothing more than to take her right there on my floor. To the beats of the music, she rolled onto her back, spreading her legs, arching her spine, and showing me more of her secret places. My own legs urged me to the edge of my seat. There was no way I could sit there any longer. I rose to my feet, set on pouncing on her, but Sarah stood and walked over to me, placing a palm on my chest, and pushing me back into my chair. You stay right there, she said, her voice raspy, coating me like hot wax. Just watch, she added with a tone of command and authority that left no room for negotiation. Just watch? She must be fucking joking. But she wasn't smiling. Sarah remained dangerously close, eyeing me with hot intent. Fuck me. She had me by the balls. I swallowed hard. I loved every ounce of it. To have her take control of me like this, it was 100% what I needed. I smirked and nodded, leaning back in my chair, letting her know I would play by her rules. For now. Sarah began her torture by slipping my suit jacket off my shoulders and yanking it free. Once finished, she leaned into me, pressing her breasts to my chest she lowered her hips to my neck, trailing smoking hot kisses from my jawline to my ears, licking until I could no longer contain myself. I slid my hands up her shirt and massaged her brawlish flesh, rubbing my palms against her perked nipples. I tried to rip off the damn tank top, but she stopped me. nuh she crooned. I said, just watch. With that, she grabbed my hands and entwined her fingers through mine. I gazed up at her beautiful face and found the gleam of success shining in her eyes, a feline about to snatch her prey. Her lips were a magnet. I couldn't stop staring at her fleshy mouth, couldn't stop thirsting for her kiss. Lost in delirium, I let her take my hands as she tied them behind my back, with my own tie. What's this? I asked in a breathless whisper as I glanced over my shoulder. A little fun, she uttered, triumph dancing in her chocolate eyes. This wasn't my typical type of kink, but she'd aroused me to the point of agony, and the idea of being vulnerable for her made me even hotter for this woman. She grabbed an armless chair from the dining table and placed it in front of me. Holy fuck, I had a feeling where this was going. With slow and fluid movements, she straddled it, gyrating her hips in tune to the music, Then she lifted her shirt and rested the fabric on the mounds of her breasts. Through the iron bars of the chair, she gave me a full view of her naked chest. My breath caught. Those hard, dark nipples drove me wild. Now I wasn't so crazy about the control she had over me. My cock hurt, anxious to rip from the confines of my pants. My muscles flexed as I pulled on the restraints wrapped around my wrists. I looked up at her with wonder. She had me good. Someone had clearly taught her how to tie a knot as good as an eagle scout. I wanted her even more. She had the nerve to turn me on like this and then tie me up. Oh, I was gonna kill her. A sweet death of pleasure with my tongue. I was going to make her come so hard she'd be lying motionless in my bed for hours. Licking and sucking her fingers in unison with the music, her hands found her breasts. She massaged them, rubbing and pinching her nipples as she moaned and writhed on the chair. I closed my eyes, imagining those nipples between my teeth. Yeah, I'm gonna kill her. When I flipped them back open, our eyes locked onto each other. Untie me, I ordered. Not yet. My jaw twitched. Please, I need you. I'm fucking begging. She's so dead. Her fingers slithered down toward the middle of her parted legs, holding them there until, with one slow move, Sarah slid her panties to the side and showed me her freshly waxed mound. I lost it. My animal mind imagined everything I wished to do to that body. My mouth watered as my drunk with lust eyes drowned in her nakedness. Her pink flesh glistened, the swollen nub of her clit poking through her private lips. I couldn't wait to slide my tongue over it, to drive my dick into her slick seam. Untie me, Sarah. My voice was deep with male heat. Her name lingered on my tongue as I continued to struggle against the restraints. This time it wasn't a request, but a damn warning. She ignored me. Instead, with erotic delight on her face, she proceeded to pleasure herself, spreading the folds of her pussy, exposing more of her wetness, and flicking her clit with her index finger. Fucking hell. I needed my fingers in there, my tongue, my cock. I gulped, but all I tasted was the desert in my mouth. Watching as she dripped wet with arousal, imagining myself inside her slippery and tight entrance made every muscle fiber in my body thrum. My tongue yearned to glide up and down that slit until she came, priming her for when I drove my dick deep inside her, feeling her to the hilt. She moaned and whimpered as she neared climax. Ah, oh, fuck. I love watching her come. Ragged breaths sawed in and out from my lungs as I imagined her writhing underneath me, mewling in ecstasy as I moved inside her. My breath seized in my chest, my heart pounding against my ribcage with excess force. I shut my eyes again. Christ, this woman is going to kill me. Do you want me? She dared ask. Her voice brought me back from impending delirium. Flipping my lids open, the sight of her was silk wrapping around my body, her words lava dripping down my skin. "'I want to fuck you,' I clamored to her, my soul begging for her mercy. Sarah unsaddled the chair and strode toward me, her mouth sucking on her finger. My body trembled with readiness. With eyes ravaging her delicate skin, my mind continued to flip with images of what I ached to do to her— on her back, on all fours. Then she dropped to her knees and unbuttoned my pants. Fuck. Skillfully slow, she rolled them down past my waist and thighs, my hard cock springing free as she lowered my boxers. I felt the blood pulsing through the bulging veins in my shaft, my crown growing hotter and firmer. I wanted those rosy lips wrapped around my girth, the tip of her tongue tracing every vein. Before I finished that thought, or breathed, her hot breath and wet mouth were on me. Ah, shit, I moaned. She licked my shaft, balls to head, saliva dripping, her tongue swirling until she swallowed my crown with famished hunger, guiding me deep into her mouth as she stroked me with her hand in fluid motions. I could feel the back of her throat as she glided up and down with fervor. I was harder than steel, her hot mouth close to summoning an explosion from me. Just when I thought I could no longer hold it back, Sarah peered up at me through her long lashes, drawing me out, her tongue lapping at the tip of the head before raking her teeth over the tight skin. Shit, that alone had my brain glazing over. When did she learn how to do that? I grinned at her. She replied with her own devilish smile oh yeah, this was heaven, and she was the goddess. With a sloppy kiss on my shaft, she buried me inside once more, sucking and slurping me up so fast I was ready to have the best motherfucking orgasm of my life. I urged her with a growl, demanding she stop torturing me and get me to the fucking finish line. Yeah, baby, just like that. Oh, fuck. My pleas only made her want to prolong it further. As she felt me tighten, she stopped and pushed up from the floor. Damn, this woman. With this game, she was going to murder me. I glared at her. There was going to be hell to pay once she freed my hands. As I was about to order her to untie me, she shut me up with her breasts near my face. She might have been able to keep my hands from taking her, but there was no way she could stop me from devouring her nipples. I lowered my lips to her flushed skin and licked her flesh. Moans vibrated through her, driving me into a frenzy. She fed me her body, and one by one I sucked and bit her nipples until they were red and hard as diamonds. Yeah, I can inflict pain too. I still couldn't stop pleading. Damn it, Sarah, I want to be inside you. I needed to release the maddening tension, the build-up of this fucked-up day. She was my comfort, my only peace, and if she didn't give herself to me, I'd go insane. My labored breaths made her skin prickle. I continued to lick, swirling my tongue on those full, heavy breasts, trying to show her what the rest of her body was missing. Her own heated breaths steamed from her lips. She pushed off me. Then, without wasting any more time, she hooked one finger through the waistband of her lacy thong and slipped out of her underwear. Now we're talking. Seconds later, she straddled me, planting a brutal kiss on my lips as she descended her hot center over my cock, melting over me. Ah, fucking beauty. The sight of her satiating her need with my body. My mind swam with salacious thoughts as I savoured the aroma of her arousal. I yanked on the binds around my wrists. They were so tight I'd most likely drawn blood. Every muscle in my body rippled with desire to hold her and touch her skin. Her hair cascaded down her back, then over me as she flipped her head forward and reached for my neck, crashing her mouth into mine in a fevered kiss. Her fleshy lips tasted like honey, and her tongue was alive with a fire so hot it singed me. I gorged on her, until, with a bite to my bottom lip, she pulled away. We were so close, our breaths became one. She panted and seated her gaze into mine as she continued to grind her hips over my erection, squeezing my cock with her silky warmth, driving me to oblivion. I didn't want this to end... This mindless, unimaginable pleasure made my entire body tremble. I tried to think of something else, of some random business deal, of some shit on my to-do list, anything to keep me from coming inside her now. Her smile was lazy and wicked. She knew exactly what she was doing to me, and she enjoyed every morsel of her torture. Don't hold back, Tom. Give yourself to me. Not yet, I panted always so in control, but how much longer can you keep it together, baby? She moaned that last word as she sped up her pace, burying me so deep inside her I felt every inch of her inner walls. You don't play fair, I told her, yanking on my restraints. You don't think so, huh? Her moans turned to cries as she neared her own climax her gaze never leaving mine, she hooded her eyes, her mouth partly opened as each delicious sound she made blasted through me like a bolt of lightning. She was as intoxicated as I was by this little game she'd decided to play, and I loved every second of it. Loved every inch of her. The connection we shared went beyond the pleasure we gave each other. I felt it building in my chest, in the way my heart squeezed for this woman in the way I wanted to give myself to her, needing her to own me. But if she wanted to see me come for her, she needed to give me something first. "'You enjoy torturing me like this?' I asked in a growl. "'Yes,' she crooned softly, making me beg to fuck you. "'Fuck yes,' she said, even more breathless. "'Is this what you want?' I asked as I bucked my hips upward to meet the wet silk of her sex." I'm so fucking hard for you, baby. Make me come inside you as you come too. At my imploring words, she said, Not yet. With that, she pulled away from me, leaving me panting, my dick throbbing and slick. She sat on the ottoman across from me, so close I could smell her sweet scent. Then she parted her legs, putting herself on full display as she played with herself, In deliberate, slow circles, she rubbed her swollen clit with a finger, using her own juices for lubrication. She moaned like I hadn't heard her before, the kind that's not for show, and not for anyone but herself. She was prolonging her orgasm for as long as she could, making her clitoris so engorged it made me mad not to be the one rubbing it and driving her to an ardent release. Her breath quickened as her cries rolled off her tongue. As she panted in anticipation of her orgasm, I watched her eyes flutter with rapture. Then she finally came. Her fingers soaked as she put them inside herself, pumping with every clench. My own body tensed, my balls hurting from not being able to come. An animalistic rage built inside me with the need to fuck, the need to make her mine. Then she walked over to me, her eyes still hooded, licking her fingers as she bent down and grabbed the armrests of my chair, caging me in her scent. "'Your turn. How do you want it?' she purred, her lips twitching at the corners. "'Untie me,' I uttered, my voice heavy. Sarah smiled as she walked behind me to loosen the knot. As she released me, I flexed my hands. My wrists were so red they were practically raw.' Noting the red rings, Sarah took my hands and rubbed my wrists. Oh no, Tom, I'm so sorry. I pulled away and grabbed her hands. You started this game, now I finish it. But your wrists will be fine, I replied coolly as I stood, my cock still raging hard. You asked how I wanted it. She peered up at me, her doe eyes shining with curiosity and simmering with feminine desire. I lowered my lips to her ear. Turn around and put your hands behind your back. Her breath intensified as she obliged. I picked up my now ruined tie from the floor and fastened her hands together. There would be hell to pay. Her body trembled as I made sure her hands were secure. With her back to me, I pressed her into my chest, and in gentle touches, feathered my fingers over her skin, touching every inch of her body, focusing on her breasts, circling her areolas until her nipples were hard as pearls. "'You like that, baby?' I asked. "'The way my hands make you feel?' She sighed her approval. I caressed her hips, my hands closing in on her mound, but never making contact. She writhed, using her legs for friction." Did I say you could do that? I whispered by her ear. Open your legs and keep them spread. Touch me then. I want your fingers playing with my clit. You're no longer calling the shots. I circled around her, drinking in the beauty of her naked body. The swell of her breasts, the curve of her waist, the tone of her long legs. And between them, her wetness. All of that was mine. And when I met her brown eyes, I felt her silent plea. I stepped closer and lifted her chin up with my fingers, nipping at her lips, pushing my tongue inside her, tasting her breath. And as I kissed her, I slid a finger between her legs, touching the soft and silky flesh until I found her swollen nub. She moaned into my mouth, and it wrecked me. It was that same moan she'd given off when she pleasured herself, and it intoxicated me. I wanted that moan, and I wanted it while I was inside her. Get on your knees, I instructed her. She did as commanded. With her hands bound behind her back, she looked like an erotic dream. I took off my dress shirt, then stepped out of my pants and boxers. I grabbed her head in one palm and threaded my fingers through her thick brown hair. With my other hand, I rubbed the pad of my thumb over her bottom lip. Damn, that mouth. I needed her lips around me one more time. You want me inside your mouth. She nodded, looking up at me with eyes that could drown me. Taking my cock in my hand, I brought it to her lips and slowly penetrated her. It was sublime. I pumped my hips, each thrust pushing my dick further. I caressed her cheek as she sucked on my crown, slow, then fast, her eyes locked on mine, the back of her throat making delicious sounds. It went on forever, me fucking her mouth and she taking every inch of my cock like it was the last time we'd be together. I didn't want it to stop, this feeling of now owning her, of showing her what I'd wanted to do to that fucking perfect mouth of hers since she started this tease. Ah, fuck, I could have come right then, but that's not how I wanted it to end. I pulled out of her mouth and kissed her before walking behind her and helping her up. We're going for a walk. She said nothing as I guided her to the bedroom and had her climb up onto the bed. Back on her knees, I bent her over, the side of her face flat against the mattress, her hands still bound behind her back, her ass at a perfect level. I stood at the edge of the bed, her legs slightly apart in front of me. You look so beautiful like this baby, I said, caressing her skin. The noises she made ignited me like a blaze, revving up my hunger for her. Tom... Please. I glided a finger down her seam. Is this what you want? Her legs quivered. You're so wet, baby. I found her clit and mimicked what she'd done to herself earlier. Is this how you like it? She made the sound, the one that drove me insane before. Now I wanted to be the reason she moaned. Only me. Taking her hips in my palms, I spread her ass cheeks and penetrated her slowly, watching as I put my crown in, holding it there, then pulling out, repeating it several times until she begged me to come in deeper. All the pent-up sexual energy from earlier raked through me, and I couldn't get enough. With my thumb, I rubbed the entrance to her anus, adding pressure as I drove my cock into her pussy. It made her so wet, she began to glisten. "'Fuck me.' My mind went wild. This woman was going to be the end of me. We hadn't had anal sex before, but damn it, seeing how needy and wet she was, I wanted to take her there. Badly. I needed to take all of her, and holding back was unbearable. Before losing control, I calmed my thoughts. Tonight was not the right time. When we did it, if we did it, it would be under her terms, when she wanted it. Still, I couldn't stop ramming into her, The harder I pushed, the louder she cried both in ecstasy and pain, fueling me. But what fueled my primal need to own her body and what created the tight knot of sexual tension ready to uncoil in my groin wasn't the sight of her tight ass and her hands bound behind her back. It had been her devotion to me, the fact she'd taken control and given it back, that she'd tried to help me forget, to help me heal... I had no idea how or why allowing her to rule me like this would be liberating in so many ways. And as I felt my body tighten, my orgasm ready to burst, I reached for her wrists and undid my tie. Her arms relaxed and she let out a deep sigh. I traced my lips over her back until I reached her ear. Turn over, baby. As she did, I bent down to kiss her. I love you, Sarah. She smiled sweetly, her eyes lazy, her limbs spent. I love you more, she replied, her voice a mere breath. Can you take another round? She nodded, smiling as she spread her legs. I feathered my fingers over her skin until her entire body flared with goosebumps. Then I kissed her soft breasts, sucking on her nipples, taking pleasure in the way her body reacted to me, the way her back arched. She was ready, but I needed more. Parting her folds with my fingers, I found her clit with the tip of my tongue. I brushed over her hard nub until I felt her legs shake. I was addicted to her taste, to the way her engorged clitoris felt against my tongue as I flicked and sucked on it, to the way her legs clenched as she was about to come. She was so fucking wet, I couldn't wait to be inside her again. With two fingers, I pumped inside her as my tongue summoned her climax, Her cum was sweet and salty, and her scent fired off every neuron in my brain. I needed her now. Climbing up onto the bed, I drove inside her as she pushed up on her elbows and watched me bury myself in her warmth. Tom, she panted. I reached over and brushed my fingers over her plump mouth as I continued to thrust my dick inside her, my tempo quickening. Her eyes rolled, her legs quivered, this was me owning her and it was what pushed me to the finish line. I'm gonna come again? Her words were barely audible. I'm coming too, baby. In one final thrust, I let myself fill her as she screamed out my name, her walls clenching around me. I pulled out as I continued to pulse, watching as I poured the rest of myself onto the outside of her sex, I couldn't stop gorging on the beauty of it as I reached between us, using my fingers to lather her folds with my cum. She spread her legs wider, welcoming my touch. She'd taken every ounce of me, claimed me as I had her, mind, body, and soul. She was 100% a goddess. My goddess. And I never imagined I could possibly love her more than I already did. Yet that night... I fell deeper into the bottomless abyss of my love for her.
0: My BFD by Barbara Campbell is live now in Kindle Unlimited and only 99 cents. The selection of eligible bachelors in a small town was limited, but best friends were even harder to come by. Chastity. People say that you can tell a lot about a person by their name. Their assumption about me would only be partially incorrect. A shy nature and lack of experience played into my name perfectly. My thoughts and who they were directed at were a different story. My best friend and I had been inseparable through our childhood and teens. We did everything together, celebrating triumphs and consoled failures and shared our deepest secrets except for one. Stupid Cupid had struck me with an arrow for the worst possible person on the planet, her dad. I'd known Rhett my entire life, but something had happened last Valentine's Day, and I suddenly viewed him as the strong, confident, sexual being he was, and I'd suffered for an entire year trying to mentally stick him back into the untouchable dad category. With another Valentine's Day around the corner, my best friend had left our small town for the big city she'd always dreamed of, and I was finding it harder and harder to get her dad off my mind. Rhett Single dad life was tough, but I'd successfully raised my daughter into a confident adult who was ready to live the life she dreamed of, and that was far away from our small town. What I hadn't anticipated was her sweet and innocent best friend blossoming to an incredibly beautiful young adult. So when I found myself falling for her, I was biding my time for her to move away like all the other teens did when they graduated, but she had other plans. With Valentine's Day fast approaching, I was finding it impossible to resist the intelligent, demure, demure, gorgeous woman Chastity had become. After catching her staring at me, I was certain I wanted to be the man to help her prove that names didn't define a person. Stupid Cupid strikes again in a collection of opposites attract, steamy, sweet Valentine's Day love stories from your favorite romance authors in the real-life town of Virginville, Pennsylvania, and see how Cupid's couples go from oh no to oh yeah. That's my BFD by Barbara Campbell, live now in Kindle Unlimited and only 99 cents.
1: Welcome back. Hi. So you can pick that up. All the links are in the show notes. Also, don't forget to check out the new release tabs if you're looking for stuff to read. Uh, Load it up every week. I usually update it on Wednesdays. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter that helps us with the podcast.
0: Yeah. If you want to do something to help support the podcast, just sign up for our newsletter. We really appreciate it. So, And it's free and it's easy. And you can just go do it. Go down to the show notes and click it and subscribe. Like I said, we've got Kay Webster up next week with a brand new full-length audio book. And we look forward to it. We'll see you then. All right. Tell them what to do, Leah. Buck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye.